people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen to that saxophone in the background, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here is your host, a man who can't get enough saxophone, Derek McCaw! Never, <laughs> never dare Nate. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for the opportunity tonight, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com, and you do hear saxophone in the background, because we are once again podcasting from the fantastic Cafe Stritch. In uh, the Sofa District of downtown San Jose. What's a stretch, Derek? It is the... What did you call it? It's the, a stretch. It's not the... I'm trying to phrase it correctly. It's the bell of a saxophone when it has not been upturned. It's the straight down stretch. I'm not even sure if that really is like a technical term or if a jazz musician that the owners knew called it a stretch. The guy in the mural over there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a, you know, so I wonder... As, you know, uh, jazz musicians often coin their own. So their it's own a verbiage. saxophone. So it's cafe no, it's the saxophone. bell. It's the bell of a saxophone. It's not a saxophone itself. Ah. So sorry, no. But what it means is that everything's nice and low, like the prices, which is good. Uh, so in fact, tonight we tried. The, I tried the chicken pot pie as I'm working my way through the menu of Cafe Stretch. And it was. It was. It was good. It was good. And you had the uh, chili. I had the butcher's chili, and it was hot and heaping and huge and good. Yes. And Nate? I had the chicken and waffles, man. Yeah. <laughs> With hot sauce. Because they're a classic. Hot sauce on that chicken. <laughs> okay. Hot sauce and, 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 uh, and syrup. So, yeah, you did have some syrup there, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, But not on the chicken. Though. Anyway, we are, uh, right. Uh, yeah, we, we are podcasting tonight from Cafe Stitch, and we, we, sorry, we were out for a week. And let me just quickly uh, check my calendar. It is April 11th. And uh, so we're going to just uh, talk about some things in comics. Uh, uh, a little check-in with Age of Ultron. Comics lost a giant last week, which we need to talk about just a little bit. Uh, Apple is involved in a huge com- controversy involving comic books. And for once, it's not because someone's trying to do a biography of Steve Jobs. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, Entertainment Weekly reminded me I was a fool to subscribe to their magazine in a hard copy. And uh, we'll catch up on some television and video game stuff. Uh, but first, of course, if you are listening to us on iTunes, which we are available there, please subscribe. Please note. Uh, tell your friends. Please give us a rating. And, uh, and you can also find us on the Stitcher app. And you can also find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. And if you like what you hear, hey, why don't you uh, pick up something off of Amazon right there on our site or donate a little something on PayPal. So... So we get right to comics because so far uh, this week I did not receive any uh, email. No so mail. No mail. No one loves us. It's no, not uncanny. Uh, we got no fanny mail. Right. It's not. I, I don't feel unloved. I just feel. Uh, you know, I, I'm not too surprised because we didn't have a podcast last that's, week. That's true. That's true. So, well, let's uh, make up for that by talking twice as long. No, let's talk twice as fast. <laughs> let's talk twice as fast because it's late. Not let you home. But uh, yeah, so we did want to mention that uh, oh, oh, last week. Uh, and, it felt like last week a lot of celebrities, interesting people, passed away. 
But uh, one that I think should come touched in the comics world alone. Actually, there's two. First, George Gladier, who was, uh, I, I believe, the creator of uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, passed oh. away last week. Oh. And uh, so, uh, you know, his 80s, as you say, uh, uh, a good long life but and, and treated well and acknowledged for his work. But kind of interesting, I, I, I don't know that I, I've spent enough time pondering the importance of Sabrina the Teenage Witch in my uh, youthful Probably years. Probably not the exact demographic they were going for. Probably not. But yeah. for a lot of children, Sabrina was cool. And then, that, yeah. you know, had a sitcom that lasted longer than The Tick. Yeah. So, uh, several years. Oh, and but no, 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 nowhere near as good as The Tick. Well, nothing was. Uh, mm, <laughs> a moment of silence for The Tick. Okay, and now we move on. Very convincing I'm, I'm cat, to, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, Salem. Uh, but I can remember watching that in the 70s on the Archie cartoons. I think that was great. And... Uh, and the comics, interesting enough, certainly get you through enough cross-country summer trips It's where you'd stop off at Stuckey's and you can be guaranteed that you get an Archie comic. Does Stuckey's still exist? You know, I don't know. I don't know. It does. It exists in the world of Sam and Max freelance police, right? When you say Stuckey's, what two things come to mind? Uh, well, one, getting comic books. I absolutely did. Okay. And then there was... Uh, there was a food item they were known for. Pecan pie. Pecan pie, yes. But you know what I remember? I also remember they had they had the spinner rack of jokes and pranks and things that you could play on. Because we, we would stop at every stuck. Because you know, if you were stuck in a station wagon. In a Winnebago. Uh, okay, or even better, in a way, well, mine was a station wagon. But, yeah. Uh, with, uh, say, like three small children yes and uh two adults and a dog probably not a lot of air conditioning no no you know what i think jokes Practical and pranks jokes. that's a good idea yeah let's hear the koa laughing. camp camp Pull out the stink bomb <laughs> oh yeah oh and there's that that wonderful onion gum uh so so oh, yeah. to that and uh, we'll talk about carmine infantino in a moment but uh first we do have a representative we do from CogsCon. Last year, we had some people on from CogsCon. This is the comic convention arranged uh, and hosted at Cogswell College in Cupertino. Uh, Sunnyvale. Oh, is it officially on the Sunnyvale border? Okay, all right. And uh, so we've got Virgil here from CogsCon. So talk a little bit about the convention. Give us a reason to come. Okay, so CogsCon is basically one of the best times so far that I've seen to just celebrate some geek culture. We've got, uh, we've got artists from the school. We've got music. We've got activities. We've got. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the school. Why would why would we be interested in artists from the school? The school is basically it's a geek college. It is it is art. It is music. It is entrepreneurship. It is video games. Programming. Programming. It's it's everything a geek would want to go to. Really. <laughs> okay. Here's my question for you. Why have you not petitioned? To change the uh, mascot to the Cogs. Because we're the dragons. We're no, I know you're the dragons, but the Cogswell Cogs is an actual thing. <laughs> an actual thing in a cartoon Not a fake show. dragon. <laughs> Not a fake dragon. Nate, let it go. Okay, sorry. <laughs> He's been simmering on that for a year, so sorry. Uh, Nate. All right. So uh, you've got live bands then, I'm assuming, at this, right. at this event. Uh, is it larger than out of somebody's garage? It is larger than out of somebody's garage. Okay, so where exactly is it going to be held on, on the Cogswell campus? We are going to be holding it in our Dragon's Den, which is basically our assembly area. So you could do Cog's Den. Cogsvention Center? Okay. <laughs> Damn it, you're on to something. But still, uh, let Virgil speak. He came all the way down here. I was provoked. To Cafe Stretch. 
and uh, so you're ha- holding it at the, at the at the meeting center, and so uh, you have artists from the school, which I'm I'm, I'm assuming be, there are a lot of great young artists right. there. Uh, do you have any visiting professionals coming in to be part of this? Pre- um, yes, we are setting up panels as we speak. Uh, we are getting um, Borden. Uh, he's a very good uh, speed artist. He owns he runs his own convention as well. We're also going to be doing uh, we're going to be doing a magic draft. Uh, for Magic, Magic the Gathering. Gathering. I was going to say, I was assuming there'll be some gaming. If you're into gaming, right, right. it's a great great time. And we're also going to be having uh, a arcade hosted by Child's Play, which is a very great uh, uh, charity. Okay, so what kind of classic games are you ex- looking forward to at this arcade? I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's got to be Pac-Man, right? Of course there's Pac-Man. Or Miss it has, Pac-Man. It has Mr. Do? Maybe. Okay, thank you. Maybe. Then maybe I'll show up. All right. <laughs> wow. Derek was the Mr. Do champion I of did, his block. When I he was did a kid. enjoy Mr. Do. I don't know about the block. Uh, but anyway. Just his house. So when? You know, here we're talking about it and making jokes, but we don't know when it actually is. So tell me. It is going to be April 27th. Oh, okay. So of this year. So Street address for Cogswell? I have it right here. It is uh, 1175 Bordeaux Drive in Sunnyvale. And do you have a web address for the. Uh Sites.google.com uh, slash site slash Cogscon. Okay. Co- C-O-G-S-C-O-N. Yes. Okay. But it's sites.google.com slash sites site slash, slash Cogscon. Cogscon. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Virgil, thank you. Uh, and, uh, and Well, how much does it cost to come oh, in? Oh, is there a charge? Um, for non-students, it's $5 to come in. That's for um, all day? Yes. And what time does it start? Uh, it's... It is starting 10 a.m. through 6 p.m. 10 a.m. 6 p.m. So for $5 for non-students, you get live bands. Yes. You get a magic draft. Mm-hmm. You get arcade play. Uh, speed artists. Speed artists. You get to see a lot of different artwork. I assume there's a gallery section. Right. Will someone like, be selling food? There will be food, yes. Okay. So that's what Nate needed to know. So that's, that's the most important a, part. That's, that's a pretty reasonable day's entertainment. I went last year, and it was a lot of fun. There were, I mean... There are a lot of uh, creative students out there. I, I played a number of games that have been written by uh, by students. And how many Rick Bretts did you give last year's CogsCon? On a scale of one to five, Rick Bretts. I would give it four point five Rick Bretts. Oh, nice! Not a full five, but it's up to you to get him over the edge. Right, there right. We, I, All we, right. we intend to do it this All year. All right, excellent. Thank you, Virgil. Thanks for sitting down. Thank with you us. very much for your what time. What did you uh, have for dinner here? I had a uh, butcher's the butcher's pizza. The yes, butcher's pizza. There you go. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. All right, we're just you know we're just checking Meaty. it out. It's great. You enjoyed it. It was. It was. All right. Thank you very much. For Thank it. you very much. Have Thank a good you. evening. Yes. And in addition, uh, the passing of someone who was very formative in in my young comics reading life. I I will assume yours too to some extent. Oh yeah. Uh, Mr. Carmine Infantino, one of I'd say the architects of the Silver Age, mm-hmm. uh, not only as a He's a great artist on The Flash for yep. uh, for many, many years, uh, off and on, because he came back and he drew uh, the end of Barry Allen when Barry Allen had an end. <laughs> Remember those days when he was dead? When he was Robin dead. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite Bucky dead, apparently. Uh, but anyway. Well, he was Bucky dead. Yeah. Because he came back. Oh. He's Gene Gray dead. Oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> That's a whole new layer. And... Uh, and he drew uh, Adam Strange, a lot of Adam yep. Strange, if not all of it. And you know what else? I, I was remembering one of the more influential books for me in the 80s. He drew many, many of the original Star Wars uh, comic book. 
Yeah, he did for a while. That's yeah. right. I forget. That he From was issue on that. one on the Marvel Star Wars. The yep. Marvel Star Wars. Oh. Um, but but one of the things was he had also been promoted up. He was the publisher of DC Comics for a while. Yeah. In the seventies, uh, and I've been reading a lot of commentary online about some of it was very controversial. But he did try really hard to break ground in art, and there were a lot of business reasons why his reign was maybe not as successful as you'd see now. But uh, it was under him that you saw characters like the Creeper and Hawk and Dove and yeah. uh, things to push the not edge just Dicka, but Metamorpho and kind of that push to make the. I love those. Did late he draw characters. Hawk and Dove as well? No, that was Steve Ditko. Steve Ditko oh, was, was Ditko. Ditko was completely Hawk and Dove, which you can tell by the fact that it's it's very black and white in its morality. Yeah, uh, very divided. But uh, but still, you know, I, I guess in the past decade or so, he really hadn't been able to draw, which was a shame. Because he had a really clean line. Apparently, he was a very fast artist as well. Um, and definitely, unlike some of the speedier artists, say, like, we go back to uh, Vinnie Coletta as a fast inker, Carmen Infantino's lines were clean, sharp, had a unique look. He Nobody had, drew had, quite like him. He, he encapsulated motion in still images. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, up there, um, with when you talked about like Joe Kubert handling cinematic language, Carmen Infantino was experimenting with, you know, he did a lot of the strange sports stories, so I was catching some of those in the last week online, people reprinting panels from that, and how he'd really pioneered this idea of the speed and motion, why he was a perfect artist for, for the Flash. Flash. yeah. Absolutely. Did he did he pioneer the, the multiple images in a row of Flash? Uh, no, I don't know if that was him or not, but I, I associated with him. Yeah, that's what I did. I associated with yeah. him, so... Uh, and then you're right, the Star Wars. I'm trying to think of other things that he drew that I was... That oh, I, dude, he was all over the he place. Was all, he was He'd all step over the in place. on anything. I think he even did uh, Tomb of Dracula for a while. Well, and I want to say the thing, that, the thing that we owe Carmine Infantino for is probably the most important book of my childhood was... Tumby? No. Superman versus Spider-Man. Carmine Infantino was the guy who pushed that with Stan Lee to do that first Marvel DC crossover. And finding that dollar comic was like one of the greatest moments of a young boy's summer vacation uh, in Colorado. Yeah. I remember uh, buying it in Colorado in a little bookstore. And my parents being, my father being upset, we'd spent a whole dollar and I'd already read it. But I read that thing like 15 5, times. times. I know, that, that summer alone. I can still quote Dr. Octopus, Lex, no, it's my home too. Uh, so bonus points <laughs> to the person who can identify which panel... Superman versus Spider-Man, that's from. Page and panel, please. Yes. Also. I can go home and look it up. Uh, I'm sure you can, but you don't get to play. Uh, you never understand that. You're disqualified from these concepts. I play all by contests, myself. Bick Rett Schneider. I'm tired of these pseudonyms. <laughs> Snyder Rick Schneider. Stick Cret Blighter. <laughs> yeah, Schneider Bretts. <laughs> yeah, all right. Sir. Okay, so uh, we uh, we do mark that passing. Um and it was, you know, I noticed that was Mark Avenger's blog was saying today, like, that when you look at it uh, at Comic-Con this summer, it's, we, again, you lose a lot, we've lost a lot of the Giants, and people ask, why are there no Golden Age panels left? And it's like, Mark Avenger's 61 or 62, walks into a Comic-Con, he's one of the grand old men now. Yeah. And, you know, we, so we are losing a lot of the, those old guys, but, uh, and we realize Marv Wolfman is in his 60s and probably yep. one of the most senior comics professionals around. Neil Adams. And I'm old enough to remember when Neil Adams was this bright, fresh talent, right. even though I didn't understand right. what that meant. How old's George Perez? Uh, he's in his 50s. How old's Sergio, Sergio Aragonis? 
Who? Sergio, Sergio Aragonis. Sergio Aragonis. He's close to 70, so maybe. Yeah. maybe. You know. He's there all the time. He's pretty spry still. Yeah, he's still, you know. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah, saying you know, that. I saw just, Neil Adams throw a punch at him. He yeah. dodged it real easy. <laughs> well, Neil Adams is just crazy, <laughs> and he's mean. Uh, so, or maybe just crazy. I'm not sure. Uh, so, anyway, uh, you mentioned Star Wars, so I'm going to just jump to this because, you know, we know, of course, Disney bought Lucas, bought Star Wars. What? I know. It's when old did news, that Rick. happen? I just, oh, we had we an We did a special podcast, podcast about oh, it. Oh, that's right. Um, and we know that the Dark Horse license is going to expire. I got to say, they're going to go out with a bang. Because they're I, still announcing new titles. Did you? But did you read the know what the, what the latest one is? Number f- wait, the latest Star Wars issue or the latest the, title? The latest title. No, I didn't. I don't the remember. Star Wars. They're going to adapt George Lucas's oh, original first draft, script. the original script. Oh so my god! J.W. Rinsler is a guy who works, a writer who works for Lucas Lucasfilm. Is going to be scripting it. Disney and uh, Dark Horse announced this, like. I think the crazy thing is, what is left for Marvel then to do with Star Wars if they're going to give us, if Dark Horse gets to go out with a bang with this fantastic rethinking of the time between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. They've got Legacy, which people love. And then they're going to do these Star Wars and show us the alternate universe that what might have ha- been when they didn't have lightsabers, they had laser swords. And Han Solo was an alien. And he so, was a lizard, right? He's a lizard, more like Greedo, actually. So, mm. um, and then it's Luke's Star Killer, yeah. and uh, there's, and then there's uh, there is a there is a Skywalker who's like a Colonel. I Bob have some, somewhere. I have a copy. It's of, not that bad of Jim Stranko's comic scene before it turned into media scene. Yeah, I remember that. Where he announced this movie that was coming out, and it was Star Wars, and it was all the characters like Luke. Star Killer and all yeah, this well, stuff. I mean, you can and early at, drawings from Macquarie. Well, yeah, were, you can still see the Macquarie paintings where things. But these are very were different. ones that, that didn't actually happen, right? I know, yeah. I know. I've seen those paintings because yeah. if you have a first, an actual first printing, and I know they they did a they of did the a VHS. print of this painting of the first printing of the novel, yes, of the novelization have before it. it was a Star Wars tie-in. Those characters are there and yeah. wrong, and C three PO looks like Maria from Metropolis, and and I'm saying this for the benefit of people that are listening. Young fans who have not, you know, as I as I tell my students, I'm old enough to remember when Star Wars was one movie and it was good. Uh, but, uh, but when you read that, it was the Journal of the Wills, and there was this clear, larger story, which is another one. My gosh, there was a fantastic. I'm going to jump around on Star Wars a little bit, but there was a fantastic article last week, and now I can't. Remember, I think it was on Vulture about Marsha Lucas, George's first wife, who has been stricken from the record, like in a 1984 way. <laughs> But she's the only person involved. He was able to digitally extract her from his life. That she was the only man, uh, person from Star Wars who won an Oscar for editing. Oh, oh my. and so she was an editor, and so she's responsible for like all the great moments that uh, you know. Apparently, you can go online, and I can't. I don't know where this it was. Uh, somebody search and find this. You can go online, and you can you can see the final run on the Death Star before she edited it. And then after she edited it, oh, and say like the difference in like they were panicking, going this movie is boring, and she one of them Oscar worthy, the other one is right, not. exactly. Yeah. And I and I wish I'd had time to actually make the comparison because I was it was like late at night when I found this article. It's like I'm not going to stay awake even even if it says like it goes check four minutes and fifteen <laughs> seconds into the dogfight. I'm like 
I will be asleep long Stay before Stay on then. target. I can't. I can't. Almost um, there. But many things. And I, I think she was also one of the people responsible for the fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi dies. In, uh, uh. Because she suggested to me, so you didn't know what to do with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And she said, kill him. Well, kill him. And he went, oh. You know, so By the way, I don't know what to do with you either. Kill me. Uh-huh. No one will do that. Ooh. No, don't. No, don't, don't, don't. Strike no. me from the record. What? Then, then you have to. Then it becomes Ranboy Brett Planet, and uh, then nobody's. <laughs> <What>? You know, <laughs> whole youth. You don't need me dead. You just need me controlled. No, I was. I was being. Oh, Lucas talking oh, to his Luke. wife. Lucas. Well, you take a lot of things personally, don't Lucas you? Lucas wasn't that overt. It was more like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with you either. Um, I gotta think about this. Wait a minute. <laughs> Oh, I know. I'll just do a little thing and talk about you. Um, <laughs> he sounds it, more like Kermit the Frog. Yeah, but there. apparently nobody's actually seen her in like a decade. Mm. So uh, there's a special room on Skywalker. I think Ranch. people are going to be searching. No, 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 no. She's but she lives around here. They're yeah. going to find her. Disney will find her. What are you doing here? Disney we bought this property. Her. She's right. in the she's in the basement with a red staple. <laughs> Which does remind me, we uh, a little heard a little something from Julie Taymor today about Spider Man, and just said she's happy with the settlement. So they're gonna pro- good it's like, for her. It's like Lenin, Lenin, and Lenin's tomb. They're gonna they're gonna wheel her out like every year to say, "I'm still alive," and she'll be <laughs> not an animatronic, and then they'll put her back in the haunted mansion. Yes. Anyway, so back to comics. She'll keep looking more and more so like the I'm Green I'm really Goblin. looking forward to the Star Wars. Uh, to, <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> I'm saying it like I'm a 70 year old. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this uh, the Star Wars. Star Wars. Why don't you go down to the Star the Wars and pick up a, uh, that's it's one of them sciency fiction things, those fantasy things you kids today love. Um. Anyway, I have a piece of news. You do that. I just saw. Yeah. In July, Nova will no longer be Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis. That It'll was be fast. Zeb Wells and Paco Medina. Interesting. Oh. Boom! I'm not gonna drop it. Zeb Wells is good. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm not going to drop it. I, which I do want to say, I, I just because I, as, as, as we're jumping around a little bit, uh, because I, uh, there's a Marvel note in within the movie of Sparks, which I don't know if you guys caught, but there's a character in there. The Sparks landlord is played by Ron Zimmerman, who is the guy that wrote the Rawhide Kid miniseries. Oh, really? That, and wrote The Punisher and basically got hounded out of, of comics by... Uh, by the early age of internet bulletin boards. I've always thought that Ron got a really raw deal. And, and he, and I he talked was in about Footloose with Kevin Bacon, and there's your six degrees of was Kevin he? Bacon. Oh, my gosh. Was he? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so I would bring that up because Sparks, uh, there's a signing tomorrow night, which we'll probably not miss at Graham Cracker Comics in Chicago, and Ooh. they're screening one more festival. I can't make tomorrow night. I know. I can't either. They're screening one more festival. But I'm going to get a book. One, one of those books sooner or later. Screening. Okay, if you park at my job, I will remember that. Oh yes, I'm going out of the parking lot to meet Rick. Maybe I should grab that that graphic novel that's been sitting on my desk, saying, "Give me to Rick." You give you a ride back. Oh, okay, that'll do it because I got to work tonight anyway. Um, so anyway, uh, speaking of controversies, not like whether or not I'm going to give Rick his, his graphic novel, <laughs> or. Uh, whether or not Apple's going to let you buy Saga Number Twelve on Comixology, they're already the, letting you buy. It. I know they are, but it was this moment of <laughs> did Comixology like show up like with his bruise and say, "I fell, I fell <laughs> down the stairs." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, 
No, no, you don't understand. Apple is really good. Very mysterious. <laughs> Very mysterious. Earlier this week, there was huge controversy that Saga number 12, which again, if you're not reading Saga... <laughs> it was two you, nights ago. You what are missing... What is wrong with you? You are missing... Uh, it's two nights ago, to say that's how fast the whole cycle yeah. of the controversy went through. That uh, Saga is, is just absolutely the best book out there. And Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples, I love her art. It's just amazing. But apparently... It's uh, such a someone, damn book. someone didn't like a, a panel of the art. Two panels. Two, two panels, which and depicted two sub pictures within the panels. But you're kidding I me. Mean, I haven't even had a chance to read. You know the, the main yet. character, the main robot, uh, head, robot Baron. Yeah, guy. so he's TV watching head. porn in the back. So no, his no, no. his face occasionally shows images, and it showed. I guess he was uh, he was unconscious or he injured got or something. Stabbed. And he was okay, and it's, so it's very graphic. It's not and like there, it's just there are two fairly graphic, very graphic, but literally on the page they're about an inch and a quarter by an inch and a quarter. Uh, I like that Rick's measured it. Yeah, I'm just saying it's a little more than an inch. Um, it's very but, clear what it is, though. but it's okay. it's very clearly uh, pornographic. It, there's some speculation as to the sexual orientation of the oh, different the, characters. Uh, right, right. It, but there's no speculation needed. It's male on male. Right, right. okay. And um, and Brian K. Vaughn actually was told by Comcast. Uh, Comcast. Comicsology. Comicsology. <laughs> Comcast called him up and said, God, we're disconnecting your cable and you are never going to get a, a, an NBC show from <laughs> us. <laughs> so Comicsology told him that Apple wasn't going to let his book through. That's that's as close to the wording as we know, and but what what came out afterwards when when the when Apple apparently talked to Comicsology, which came out after there was this huge controversy about the Apple next sucks. the next yeah. morning, um, that Comicsology had been interpreting Apple's criteria for what they would allow to be downloaded on their mobile devices. Right. And Comixology apparently made the call to say Apple won't allow this. Apple says they were never given it and that they would have let it go through had they... Which, which do you, is... Do you find that story believable? I, I do. Find, I, I, find, mean, I make jokes about the Comixology being abused, but... I find the story... It, ha- it, it could be. I find it plausible. My, my expectation, having followed the kind of stuff that Apple has already rejected both from applications and from media, is I think Comixology was probably correct that depending upon which of the nebbish editors, because these are not professional editors, these are screeners. These are people who look at content to decide whether or not it violates the terms. This is like the ratings board for the MPAA. But, uh, but, and let's get back to that, though, because they're looking only at new stuff that's coming out every week. And so they were probably correct that if they'd gotten an editor who went by the book on what it was allowed and what was not, they would not have allowed it. However, Apple had the opportunity to get a whole bunch of backlash from customers yes. and then say, we were never allowed to check right. this and we would have let it through. So it doesn't matter whether or not Apple let it through or not. They're, they are a de facto censor on yes. art. The things you can go yes. to the store and buy, you can buy, you can download directly from Comixology on their website as long as you're not using an Apple device. But if you go through the Apple um, digital books, then Apple will yeah, restrict your access. I have to think about that. Yes. Okay. So because I'm using an iPhone. Yes. And I download through Comixology. You would not have been able to book, but get I would this not book have been able because had Apple rejected it. 
So the thing is, does Comixology want to raise the red flag on themselves and say, well, you know, we keep on every week we have a book that uh, that violates something. We have a conversation with Apple and undergo more scrutiny. Or do they want to self-censor to, to make sure that they are on this lucrative right. format? Right. And that in itself is bad for the media. Because as we move to more and more, and, you know, I think we all agree that at some point, everything's going to be digital. And if we have these te- no. technological... Uh, you know, I, I would say bite your tongue, but I agree with you. I, 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 I think we have these tech, these tech companies in, Nate, who are now the setting digital. themselves up as the arbitrator of what is acceptable well, you know, for download. I have thought about that, and it is something that bothers me. And I, I'm assuming Google with Android does not have the same... Not at all. ...same issue that... Um, yeah, that there are things that, while I myself might not be pursuing th- that kind of literature, for example. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Saga, yes, but I'm not going to buy, like, um, E-Ross comics. Or, well, let me, they, let me, does E-Ross even exist anymore? Yes, it does. Um, okay, so... But mostly reprints. I don't know how I know that. Um, but <laughs> but the... Uh, That's going to be something you're going to want to cut out. <laughs> no, it's not. But, <laughs> but the, the thing is, there's a book called From Hell. Yes, the Alan Moore, Alan and Moore's uh, Jack the Ripper story, right, has more nudity, more is erect. It available on Comicsology? Huh? Yes, it is. The whole book is available okay. on Comicsology, and that's that's the deal. They 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 are only, they are scrutinizing the new stuff that's coming out. Okay, and it's not like they're gonna they go back. By the way, I recommend From Hell if anybody oh, yeah. would like to read it. It's um, a huge uh, yeah, huge graphic big. novel, I, I so know. it makes a lot of sense to buy it digitally. So, it's. Uh, I would just say the net is negative here. That we have we have a tech company restricting. And this is the kind of stuff Apple. Uh, and I, I don't want to go too far on this, but Microsoft was hung up by the U.S. government for monopolistic. Right. They were afraid that Microsoft was going to own the internet. That was co- what was coming to you. And then just, on your so computer, what you're th- saying is to some extent you feel that, that Apple, Apple is doing that. Apple is doing that by virtue I, you know, of the but popularity. But I don't know that Apple owns the internet. No, they I mean, own it on their devices. On their devices. Okay, so you can't install an app that Apple hasn't approved of, and you can't put content onto that app through the through those devices. Now the reality is, you can, if you have um, a movie, you know this would be awesome as an article. I know what you're saying. <laughs> if you have a, if you have a movie, you can you can load that into your iTunes on your computer, yes. and you can sync that to your iPad. Yes. So there's any way any number of ways around this. Apple's just kind of right. Okay. So putting their you can circumvent it, but it is annoying because for a lot of people like myself, I'm going to get I'm if I'm going to I'm, I don't watch videos on my phone, but because to me the screen's a little too small. Right. But. Uh, I could, I could circumvent in, in, in any way, but but for me, I my phone automatically takes me to iTunes right. and takes me to the the. the you app probably store. don't sync it to your computer. Uh, occasionally, I do, okay. but uh, but really, I'm I'm doing everything above board, you know. Right. So the way Apple wants me to. Now look what just happened. You said above board, board. as if as if this other way that you have. The right to deal with your equipment was somehow underhanded or not not above board. No, I'm just saying I've reformed my ways as a pirate. Uh, so okay, <laughs> uh, so I'm doing that. But we aren't talking about piracy, right? We're not. 
You're, you're right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is interesting that even though it seems like, yeah, this was a tempest in a teapot on one level, it does point to a larger problem and concern. And where I'm in favor of, like, certainly like when you say like on television, keeping uh, shows to some extent, not not sensing, but having standards and practices. So what rating systems are for. So that's what rating systems are for. And comics has not, honestly, has not adequately created a rating system that consumers truly understand. But for us, everyone sitting at this table over the age of, of 30, uh, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah we, we, we don't really care. We're buying for ourselves. Right. But... Uh, I mean, and Saga is not appropriate for a small child. I'm not going to give that to a small child. That's, oh. that's not my point. Is, you know, that there that, that, that does need to be a rating system uh, that, that is clear and understandable. But I, I don't think that it's Apple's job to enforce that. It's, it's and right. once again, it's, it's a free country. As we were talking, weren't we talking about, like, you know, in the 70s, we were talking about Harry Reams. So like, yep. buying a, the autobiography of Linda Lovelace, uh, you know, it was like, you know, you could do that in the seventies, and uh, because my mom was there, so it was understood. If, you know, if parents accept that, that's fine. I don't know. I'm bothered. Um, let's talk about Age of Ultron, shall we? Let's. Oh, let's. Let's talk about human genocide. Go ahead. Well, Nate wanted to go back uh, two weeks, I think, to begin with. You had some comments about uh, about Spider Man. About Spider Man, and how they shoehorned in the. Uh Superior Spider-Man? Superior Spider-Man. I mean, we already know that Age of Ultron was announced, what, four years ago? Has it been that long? It's been a long time. Okay, wow. Maybe three years ago. So, I mean, they've been working on it, and that's fine. But at the time, Peter Parker was Peter Parker, not Doc Ock and Peter Parker's head. So, obviously, Peter Parker is acting like Peter Parker in Age of Ultron, so they they were like, oh, well, we have to explain this somehow, so they do Superior Spider-Man 6AU, which explains that... Which is in keeping with all the other side stories that right, are all AU. Explains why the people are acting the way they're acting. It explains that Doc Ock has decided, oh, since I'm going to be hanging out with all these people, I should probably pretend I'm more like Peter Parker. Yeah. A, Derek and I talked about this on the way here. Maybe he should be thinking about that, I don't know, since he's... In the regular book? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I mean, obviously Age of Ultron is not, quote, right now, since nobody's dead in every single book. Right. So, I mean, there's so many other ways you can explain. (laughs) Imagine a month where that's what you get. (laughs) You buy it, and it's 21 pages of just corpses Dead people. in the <laughs> like, just That would have been a good April Fool's The splash, silent issue. Splash page after splash page of Spider-Man falling on the street. <laughs> Thor crushed by <laughs> Ultron's fist. That would be a crossover. I'd be resentful for a minute, and then I'd probably laugh harder. <laughs> Not now, because we've already suggested you can't do it. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, it, they've already said in the comic, you know, oh, Thor's dead, and so-and-so's dead, and he killed all these people, so, okay, so obviously it's not happening right now. So just keep it that way. You don't need to explain why. Where was the night mask? Okay, anyway, go ahead. That's right. And the star brand. Why yes. aren't they saving the world? I don't know. 
that was my only complaint. Okay, so I'm not quite caught. I'm not quite up with, caught up with it. I enjoyed the first I issue. Don't I'm, spoil the actual Age of Ultron. I appreciate proper. that. I appreciate the play. But we do have we do have one thing you can say. This week uh, we did get a, a one shot uh, Ultron uh, number one AU. This is the uh, kid Ultron from uh, the Runaways who we haven't seen for a while, and I just want to let everybody know that this book is entirely skippable. This th- I have not oh, seen... Let's say that again. Entirely, entirely skippable. skippable. You, you can, can say, take a rope and skip it. Did you say skip a bull or skippical? Skippable. Oh, okay. In fact, it might be better to made skip up a, word. a bull than to read that book. Uh, save yourself $4 and don't even go there because uh, if you're thinking, hey, I, I might see some of my friends from Runaway. Nope. No, just, well, first of all, you're calling them your friends. Ah, aren't they your friends? No, you got issues. Um, all of the issues, in fact. And what about Thanos rising there, Nate? You had some bitterness. It's now gone away. No, I was bitter because I liked it. Oh, you were bitter because you're going, now i got to buy this? Well, I was going to buy it anyway. But but Now, last time we talked, did you, re- you hadn't read it yet because it came out last week. It came out, was it last week? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I read it on must have been Wednesday night. So yesterday, I I did like one thing that they did in it though, without being too much of a spoiler. the The idea that they start to set it up that Thanos it looks it looks like they're going to go for Thanos is that way because he was bullied as a kid, uh-huh. but then it turns all around and they think, hey, you're different. We like different. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I I did I did like it and that's what upset me because I wanted to not like it so you wouldn't have to buy it so well because Joe wasn't doing it oh yeah right that was Joe. really the only reason because oh, it was okay. announced he was doing it and then it was announced he uh, wasn't it was called it was a different it was a different title too when the Joe Keating was supposed to be. I don't remember uh, but J- Jason Aaron too isn't that the guy you hated on Hulk and now yeah he's, but uh, I've not hated him on other stuff it was just I didn't hate him I hated the Hulk story that he did yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so how about... Uh, and uh, Should we talk about Batman and Red Robin? Let's do that, yeah. We yeah, should do that. Yeah, because you know, we're in the post-Damien era. I'm going to rush over some things. And uh, in the post-Damien era, we now have Batman and Red Robin. I still don't understand... Wipe away your tears, Derek. ...where Tim Drake fits in the new 52. Uh, I, heard, I was listening to some people in, a, in the store today trying to explain to someone else entirely incorrectly where when he had been Robin. And it's like, haven't we established he was never actually Batman's Robin? Um, that was the implication in Teen Titans, number one. Yeah. That I re- that, but he's still part of the family. He shows up in everything. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why he would just be like like the ultimate Batman fanboy and become Red Robin. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. I don't know. I don't know. But if this will be... Uh, any consolation? I hear that Booster Gold is going to remember pre-Flashpoint. Where is he going to show up? He's showing up in Jonah Hex in uh, uh. Western first, and then uh, not yet. Up to coming, upcoming, upcoming in, in WTF month. Dislike, and then he's going to show up in a couple different places. Wow. And he, remember you know, it. where he should show up? Where Booster Gold by Jeff Johns? No, Jurgens. Okay, well, and maybe. Norm Rapmund. Interesting. All right, but uh, we know that the, you know that's happening. But anyway, not only do you have Tim Drake, Red Robin there with this interesting again. The problem with this issue is right. 
as long as as long as you are not a longtime Batman reader screaming, what about the Lazarus Pit? Right. Um, <laughs> I guess it makes sense. Except it introduces Carrie Kelly. Yes. The well, Robin from Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. And she's older. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it's a new continuity and it's a new reality and you weren't going to have that other way. But I, I, was, I was having a difficult time figuring out just what Carrie Kelly was supposedly teaching Damien. And, here, and here's why. Because of the stacks of CD, uh, DVDs right. that say Playhouse 90. Yeah. I thought it was kind of interesting. But... And then she was working in a movie. This used to be a film student. What is she I got the him? feeling she was filling in his cultural background because he must Maybe. not have gotten a lot of that in the assassin Because if I was a 10-year-old in the United States in 2013, I'd watch Playhouse <laughs> exactly, 90. Exactly. <laughs> I want to see Streetcar. Requiem for a heavyweight. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see Marty, the original, not the film. I'd like to see. <laughs> it's like when when uh, they had a, there was an episode of uh, Big Bang Theory when they went to see uh, Penny and Streetcar Named Desire, yeah. and Sheldon's going, oh, "It's a very nice movie, but I haven't seen the Streetcar." Yet. <laughs> yes, where's the Streetcar? So, um, yeah, that was interesting. It, so far, so good, carrying on, um, but. Again, you have to wipe it. away your tears, Derek. It, You're tears, embarrassing me. I'm not me. crying. I'm over it. Two, I'm things, over it. two things out of the book. <laughs> Stop Defin- pushing Definitely me. a darker, darker turn for Bruce than we've seen before. Yeah. Absolutely ruthless and not really caring about destroying other people. Uh, although he, he's arguably he's destroying a monster. Yes. Um, but the, uh, the idea that it's, it's Batman and Red Robin. Right. Red Robin's hardly in the book. Well, he it's, flies in and he picks up, uh, you know, Alfred. Alfred contacts him. Yeah. So, you know, I, they, they didn't really team up. It's more like he, he Jiminy Cricket shows up at the end. And says you're being bad, Bruce. What the connection is between Red Robin yeah. and Batman? Yeah. Now. It doesn't fit in the continuity. But aside from that, if I were, if I was someone who did not know, who had not been us sitting here screaming Lazarus Pit yeah. and all those little solutions and you didn't know that oh yeah Red Robin used to be but here's the, here's the, the problem with that DC still thinks new people are buying the books yeah. I think there and are it's some. the same old people I think there are some no those sales have already gone they've walked away have okay. they new readers are gone <laughs> because they said Wait a minute! I remember hearing stuff about Batman when I was a kid. This doesn't seem like Batman. No, no, no. there was a, there was at the last Diamond Summit. There are three more comic book stores in the country than there were last year. Oh, so wow. uh, so you know things are going up. Okay, okay. So um, <laughs> don't give up. Don't give up. Uh, and uh, at one point, Saucer Country, which was Chris Garcia's favorite book, yeah, came to an end. DC did some manipulation with it. So it's uh, originally Paul Cornell uh, had it to end. It's an end of season one because uh-huh. he's going to take it someplace else. Okay. And Vertigo just said the end when it finally got there. They oh. edited after it had gone through. So I, I'm not happy with really? know, that kind of silly editorial manipulation. Not giving that boost to a book that they just didn't know they weren't interested in publishing. So he longer. had scripted it with that as the end season, season one. one. Yes, and they went in and overtly undid the creators. Yes, and and this is Image. This is Vertigo. 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 Oh, Vertigo. Vertigo. This is Warner. Right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Actually, sorry. so but you know Paul what? Cornell when likely is going to go to Image. Yeah, okay. it's, it's likely going. to. He's already tweeted. 
that he's talked to somebody and don't don't worry, Saucer Country's coming back. Um, and you know what? They'll push it way better than, than DC, Vertigo DC. probably right. did. Yeah. So because it's very clear when you look at Vertigo's like 2013 um, output, like when they did like a preview page with a bunch of different covers. That most of what they're co- what they're counting on are adaptations of Django Unchained, of really well known properties that are kind of harder edge that you couldn't do as under the DC label, right? And then things that they themselves, Fables and Ferris, are going to still be there. <laughs> There's this, uh, Neil Gaiman's writing an untold Sandman story, so we're getting that. But those are things that you identify with Vertigo. Anything that has been more of the creator owned idea, it's going away, it, because then DC can't because Warner can't guarantee themselves a piece of it when the time comes to take that as an IP someplace else. Right. And allegedly that that had started, that's one of the reasons Karen Berger stepped down, but that's been going on since apparently The Exterminators, which was a really cool series mm-hmm. uh, about uh, bug exterminators who were fighting an ancient Egyptian curse in Los Angeles, uh, apparently had gotten chopped to Showtime and Warner didn't have a piece of it. And they were all excited that it, shopped to, that it sold to Showtime and then realized, because went, wait a minute, where's our cut? We What? You cut a deal in which we don't get what? So uh, That must drive them crazy. It must drive them crazy because you know what they don't have enough of? Money. money. Uh, yeah, clearly clearly not. You know who doesn't have money? Me because uh, I'm looking for a job down in the LA uh, area. So if anybody is hiring down in – oh, sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> tangent there. seems more like people are laying off. Yeah. But speaking of uh, – Can of, you draw? Of, of not having money, no. do you want to get some free comic books? Of course I do. All right, so what are your free comic book day plans? It's coming up, it's May fourth. I know. If I'm in, if I'm in the LA area, I'm probably going to go to Earth Two. Yeah, I would say that was a good. I was and there last I'm year for Free Comic Book Day. San Jose area, I will go to all the comic book stores and get all the. Free That's comic right. Books I, I would can. like to push that. There's a, that'll be the inaugural Free Comic Book Day for Dan Vado's new yes, Art Boutique and Gallery on in Ray Street around Ray Street. So, uh, the, and Mick Gray is going to be there. Has so. he had his opening yet? Dan? I don't think he's had the opening yet. I'm no. not positive. And Dan so, was here la- uh, two weeks ago. Okay, yeah. and Dan, if we if we are wrong and you have opened up, please we apologize because you know we really like you. We really like your business and would like to keep it uh, alive and supported. Do it's we know where on Race Street it yes. is? It's, yes, it's yes. It's it's close to the Alameda. It's like uh, okay, like kind of by out, like uh, half a block away from the corner. Okay, so by Freebirds World Burrito. Yes, between Freebirds and Race Street Fish and Poultry. Probably uh, yes, and so probably about a block away from recycled bookstore. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's like a five minute walk from okay. recycle. That's reasonable. I don't know where that is, that, but I do me, know where Ray Street Fish and Poultry is. Okay, that's a little further down. Making Another delicious so place for you. It's closer to the Cuban restaurant. Oh, a uh, little little Havana. Yes, I love I've that place. There. Love yeah. that place. Yeah, that's that's we should eat there. We should do a food cast. I don't know. Well, write in if you'd like to hear a food cast. <laughs> Just the sounds of Nate and Jerry. These are great plantains. Because uh, I love I love me some plantains. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk movies, shall we? Because we should. Entertainment Weekly, uh, that I bothered to subscribe to, uh, has released all the... The only thing this week that I would like to read is online, on EW Online, which is the stuff from Man of Steel, in which Warner Brothers clarified sort of clarifies yeah. some of their long-term movie plans. I think there's not only really... really there's one, one salient thing they've clarified, and that is that they will not be carrying over the Batman visualization from the last trilogy. Right, the trilogy be stands all on its own. new Batman. But 
They're not even saying it's an all-new Batman. Well, they're not closing off that if if Christopher Nolan is still in charge of Justice League, as the rumor is, then that doesn't say that Christian Bale wouldn't come back to play Batman, but it would be a different Batman. But I think Bale's already involved in another movie. So? Do you think Warner Brothers well, can get their Justice League off the ground in time? <laughs> actually, the, the date that was bandied about was, two, was 2015. I know, that, but that date's been bandied around, and that, and that project got canceled. So if it's revived yeah. again, it may be a different date. So who knows? We've seen apparently some production sketches have made it out from at least one of the most recent attempts of Justice League. And Bleeding Cool mentioned that the Flash resembles Charlie Hunnam, who is from Sons of Anarchy and okay. Pacific Rim. Huh. Um, but they were on Bleeding Cool, they were very upset because they said, Charlie Hunnam would actually be the best actor to play Constantine right now. Ah. So we know that's still coming with Guillermo del Toro. But... Yeah, so they said there's pictures of Man of Steel where some people got excited about these pictures online because it looks a little more action-oriented. It better be. It better be, and there's still an acknowledgement of a crossover, and that apparently within the next couple months we will get a clearer picture of what they actually plan to do with Justice League. There'll be an announcement soon, says Jeff Robinov. What's the release date on Man of Steel? The Uh, June something? They said... After the Man of Iron... Has May had some third. time to uh, lose some heat. They definitely said that the world that the that the Man of Steel is in is the world that they would they would be the, aware of other superheroes. They would put the Justice yes. League in, yes. but not to expect any intonation of other superheroes in Man of Steel. Yes, yes. which is fine. Yeah, which is fine. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it reminds me of when I think about it, like I can remember when uh, George Clooney played Batman and Batman and Robin. And said, and they put it in the trailer like, "This is why Superman works alone." And everybody went, "Woo! There's gonna be acknowledgement of Superman," and that's all you got. Yeah. But have you seen on io9? Somebody found um, they've gathered for I guess a new Blu-ray release or some, or perhaps this was an old extra where Chris O'Donnell, George Clooney, Schwarzenegger, even Schumacher get together and just rip into Batman and Robin. <laughs> So there's like a 27-minute video out there of these guys talking about admitting what a horrible film they made. That's awesome. So I would get it just for that. Yeah. Speaking of which. I would buy the Blu-ray of that if indeed you included the most beautiful extra ever. <laughs> Do you have toys on your list anywhere? Toys on my list? Toys on, on your on our agenda. Podcast agenda list. Uh, no, I do not. Because there we, we should we should mention You want to acknowledge the Batman sixty six stuff? Yeah. We should mention that and you also the thing you put out today about the uh, Kendall. Kendall. Okay, okay, this, now we've talked about Superman, let's talk about Batman. Yeah. Because the license we really were have been excited for was the Batman sixty six. We didn't think it through, people. Uh, no, we did. And and I think that's awesome that they're I'm going to buy a stupid Adam West Ken doll. Um, I'm not going to buy the Ken doll. I think looks, that's disturbing. It is disturbing, but i got to have it. It looks. You know what it looks like? It looks like Sheldon dressed as Batman. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. No, but my hope for, and I, I've been hearing rumors. You know, we've talked about Captain Action and uh, with Toys R Us having a sale. I've got everything, but I need, my, I need a Red Skull and I need an Iron Man suit. I have everything else. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but... Um, I did get a box of stuff that I haven't actually gotten into. Oh, but there's a but there's a rumor that they're going to get the, they're going to announce the DC licenses this summer, and one of those licenses would very logically be Batman. the Batman sixty six. Yeah. You know, but uh, Mattel is doing a fantastic job 
aside from the Ken doll, with what they've got promised. And this summer at Comic-Con, there's the exclusive is going to be the Batusi uh. Batman. So it comes in a box on television where he is posed to do the Batusi. The split, fa- the split finger dance. Forefinger and middle finger. Yes. Uh, and that they do promise there will be a Cesar Romero Joker action figure with the mustache. That would have to be on my uh, yeah, my and list. so um, absolutely that might make it worth going to Comic Con. Absolutely great. Well, if not, I know that I will be there, so you can uh, you can give me money. I'll okay. do my best. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, so if that's what whatever it goes down, I know I'm getting the Batusi Batman. Uh, whether it be, I mean, it's just awesome. It's what we've been waiting for. And and does he have Batusi hips? I don't know because I haven't seen a close-up. I've only seen like the box, you know, the concept. Motorized, so he does that. Oh man, that'd dance. be awesome. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, there's that. We've jumped ahead to to Batman, which again, still everybody's waiting for. Does that mean we're going to get the series on DVD? And I just don't know. But uh, but Bat- but DC is going to be doing a license, uh, doing a Batman sixty six comic book as well, which will be one of those one as they've been successful with digital first and then gathering up the episodes and putting them out as a print comic which one of those came out today which I haven't read yet was Little Batman uh, where Gotham just got smaller Little Batman Batman, yes okay so I do want to talk about Nate looking for a job in LA on a day that um, Disney has gutted their hand drawn animation studio division following the week that they they axed that they axed LucasArts I mean, just killed it. 150 people. Uh, talented, talented, talented people. people. So they shut down all video games. They shut down Seth Green's Star Wars uh, ex- extent, not extensions. What's the name of the series? It was a comedy series set in the Star Wars universe, and ba- and apparently, like s- at least at least a dozen episodes were done, wow. and we're not going to see it. Um, so, or at least written. So I shouldn't say shot the way. The article I read was kind of ambiguous about it. That, but anyway, they've shut down everything. And Seth Green's take was why, why, here's why, 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 here's why, because the studio is focusing exclusively on Episode Seven. They want it to be a huge, huge relaunch of the franchise, and they don't want any extraneous product distracting you from it. That's why Clone Wars is canceled. As they're bringing Clone Wars to an end a little so earlier than Clone So they're starving us out. They're starving us out so that Episode 7 is the full reboot and we all feel like, okay. Like there's never been anything like this before for the last now, you know, two but, years. But Seth, I know, I know. But Seth Green actually had a, you know, a point which Except I, for that new line of comics from Marvel. No, it's not going to happen. You're not going to see that. They're going to finish up with Dark Horse because they've still got a contract they have to, they have to, they have to honor. I would right. bet... That we'll have at least a year without Marvel Comics really? doing think so? Star Wars. Okay. I, I think so. Okay. And and Seth Green made an interesting point, which was, and I made similar points about fairy tales. Is he said he understood Disney's thing because he gets people coming up to him and telling him that they've introduced their children to Star Wars through Robot Chicken or the Family Guy episodes. My response is those are crappy parents. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> Very but, responsible. But, his, but his, since our child was three, we'd have him watching Robot Chicken, Salazar. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but his point is, you can see Disney's point of view, which is if the kids are being exposed to the satires and the parodies first, it, you're not getting that chance to induce them into the the sense of wonder that Star Wars did. You know that, what that's kind of like, though. We've talked about this before. All the movies you and I never got to see as kids, but we read the Mad Magazine parodies of. Sure. 
Sure. Oh yeah. I know. I do understand understand that. I I agree, and yet I was exposed. I mean, but those movies were adult movie adult movies. No, I, you know, like Rosemary's Port Baby. Portnoy's Complaint. Yeah. Rosemary's That's fine. Baby. That's fine. I don't. I didn't need Rosemia's Baby. Good, mad, goodbye, Columbus. Yes. But I didn't need to be exposed to the actual films. That, yeah. And that's okay. Star Wars is different. It's supposed to be a family product. So I, I do get that. It's just, as I've said, it's a problem with, as much as I've enjoyed off and on pieces of the Shrek saga, um, the fact, real, realizing that a lot of those fairy tales, kids are exposed to the knowing postmodern Shrek version of fairy tales before they learn the actual fairy tale. True. And I, I do, in that, I've said that for years wonder how that's going to affect the next generation that is learning irony before they're learning what they're ironic about. You don't, you don't think their kids going back, they're saying, Mommy, are there any more stories about the gingerbread man that I could read? No. Um, before he lost his leg? Before he became a sex hound, which I think is in the last movie, uh, the gingerbread lady shows up. Ha ha! Oh, boy. Yeah. Cookies. Not my buttons! Not the gumdrop buttons! Uh, so, anyway, and Disney, but it's still... Uh, I see the hand of Ike Perlmutter in this. It wasn't just LucasArts. So you got, you, got delayed, you got distracted by the LucasArts right. shutdown. They gutted a lot of divisions last week, including their own uh, mobile apps. Their own game, video game. They I shut actually, down. The actually, heard made, a lot about that, and they you, shut down the, the reason for that. Epic do you know? They well, decided that they, it was less expensive to develop themselves than to license it out to other companies to do. Less expensive to license it out. Right. It's less, less expensive to license it out than to have to do right. it themselves. Well, which is the exact opposite of what they said two years ago when they started all these things. Yeah. And it's, you know, so well, it all depends on whether you're any good at it. <laughs> right. And that's what I think is going on with Ike, when I say Ike, Ike Perlmutter, who has, cuts yeah. Marvel to the bone and now is the majority living, living majority stockholder in Disney, and so I think we're we're seeing invisibly a fight between Ike Perlmutter and and uh, Bob Iger, uh, especially with Bob Iger having getting ready to step down, and so suddenly Disney's doing all these very visible cost cutting things that are exactly what Ike Perlmutter would have them do. To which again I say, you're a multinational conglomerate, yeah. and you're richer than anybody could really imagine. When the hell is it enough? And when is what you stand for, family entertainment, and in an economy that could use jobs, when is it going to be in your wealth? You feel wealthy enough that you can afford to employ people employed. Yeah. And I know this endangers the chances of Fanboy Planet being bought out by Disney, uh, which is still on the table. I'm still offering it up to Disney, but uh, but it is. But it really bothers me that there's that these huge layoffs at a time when Disney has never been stronger. Yeah. And then they're cutting like crazy. And so, sorry, I'm going to come out as, yeah, brand new socialist. I don't care. Um, I, it's I, because somebody somebody says, we could do this. we got to do this because we have a, we, we have to do this because the uh, we have a, we're indebted to our stockholders. I so realize that, but the stockholders that. are happy. I know. They're not the ones calling for layoffs. I, no, but it's, it's. Because Hand Drawn just won an Oscar for, pa- for Paper Man, even though there's CG involved. But they, but, it, you know. So there are a few hand-drawn guys that are staying on because they're involved in other projects already. Yeah. But I mean, here they just did—they just released all these new hand-drawn Mickey Mouse cartoons, and they're cute, they're adorable, and it's like, what, what the hell? Who's who's guiding this? Who's guiding it? And if it's John Lasseter responsible for these cut, these layoffs, 
Lasseter, what are you doing? What are you thinking? They're just going to end up being the company that owns the IP. Yeah. On the flip side, since we're all, as we're that was about my movie rant, and we're going into television, let's go to video games. Because on the flip side, Warner announced almost the exact opposite of what I'm complaining about with with, with Disney. Warner announced that, that the third Arkham game is coming. Woo-hoo. Arkham Origins. But it oh. is not going to be developed by Rocksteady Studios, oh. who did the first two Arkham games. Instead, it's going to a Montreal Warner Interactive studio. So they're, instead of licensing out, they're going to their own homegrown studio that they bought to do the story of Batman being taken on by, the, by six assassins, including Deadshot. So I guess it's Deadshot's first appearance in the Arkham franchise. I thought he was in the second one. Was he in Arkham City? I don't think so. Because I still haven't played it yet. This is, uh, it's an opposite move, but an equally probably not smart move. Well, right. Point. I mean, so it's hard to know what is right. <laughs> well, part of it, I'd, I'd have to know whether or not they're going to, the, the, whether or not they're going to own the engine for the first. Apparently, Rocksteady has given, a, given them the rights to the Unreal Engine. That's that well they they were, that they yeah. used the, the, the Unreal game, Engine that they had modified. modified. Right, right. They so, have access to the modifications made as far as Arkham City goes. It's probably okay <laughs> as long as you have a somebody decent writing the story because it's not Paul Dini the the and and doing the voices. It's not Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy because those were that those were the things that made that that. I'm just sorry such to an report, awesome report game. that uh, Batman will be played by Larry Storch and. The Joker will be portrayed by June Foray. So anyway, uh, I can do the Joker voice for them. Yes, do it. That's how desperate you are oh, for you the job. Oh, you want to do it right now? I want you to do it right now. Do it now. Do it. Hi guys, I'm the Joker. <laughs> it's a bold new move. Yeah. Batman, eh? I'm not filled with. <laughs> oh I'll my! I'll stab you I, in I'm the eye with, with like a pencil. Kind of a strange terror. Hey, bats! That's what he calls them, right? Yeah. So. Joker here. Oh, that's that. better. <laughs> You brought my soul back. You just about destroyed it. Um, okay. No, but I, if you, as long as you count on the the smooth engine, the the inter, the interplay between your your controller and the character yeah. on the screen, the absolutely marvelous story that progressed as you opened up different parts of the island or the yeah. or the facility or whatever, and those voices. Okay. Those voices were yeah, well, essential. We'll see. We'll see. And on the flip side, back to Disney. And on a licensed game that I, I, I want to see more of this happening is that it was announced last week that they're going to take the classic NES DuckTales game yes and remaster yes hand drawn yes high def have you not seen the trailer for this I have not it seen the trailer really yet it but it does look great I, I mean it does sound great I and so I haven't seen the trailer but I love the idea because I want those games to be redone that are fun and DuckTales is absolutely son of when I think about that I, it, this is 2013 and now I feel really old remember DuckTales hasn't been on TV Ooh. since 1991 yes really but when we when I yes. it went off the air in 91 yes oh my I oh heard of, my I heard about this through a listener's but what son. a great series it it stopped having new episodes in 91 or it was done like they it hasn't been on TV since no it's been on TV it's since probably been on Disney Channel but that well, no, but that concert of the Disney I mean, afternoon is gone really 91 91 yeah. wow I know 
I know. I could swear I was watching. Well, I guess that was when I was in sixth grade. I just blew your mind. I but just anyway. want to complete this shout out because yeah, do Jake Zamira, son of Greg Zamira, a yeah. listener of the podcast, um, posted about this on Facebook. It was like the highlight of my day going going and watching the video, and then and then he and I took on one of his friends on Facebook who was saying, "Ah, oh, it's gonna be crappy. You guys don't know any sixteen bit." We were like, you just have no soul. But it's not 16-bit. 2-bit. No, two, no, it uh, was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was 16-bit, but now it says. Now it's so, going to be done. Uh, yeah, 2D hand-drawn yeah. animation on 3D awesome. computer-generated backgrounds. That sounds and awesome. So, it, 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 and they got the original voice cast. So here I'm joking about Ooh. June Foray. So she was Magica Dispel. And so <laughs> she's 95. She voiced... The character wow. for this, wow. Alan Young, who is in his 90s as Scrooge McDuck, is coming to voice it. All the original voices from the show came back to do this remix, which they wouldn't have been the voices on the game because they didn't have voices. It was 16-bit. They right. wouldn't have had those. So, and apparently they've expanded the cutscenes with greater animation and deeper exploration of Duckburg. Brand new orchestrated version of the theme song. Oh, here's my. what I want to. I want to see this kind of stuff. Can yeah. Uncle Scrooge swim in his yes. gold coins? Apparently, you earn the right to have a dive in the money bin. Yes. <laughs> I was listening to an interview with the with the game developer, and I'm like, I didn't play this game. It has no soft spot in my heart. But I want this game more than anything else in the world right you, now. You want the first person view as you dive off the board Whee! into the. I totally do. And hold that ma- fir- magic first dime. Uh, so what that's was coming your in- least favorite episode of the cartoon? I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say this right now, and you're gonna be ashamed. You I've never watched it. Never seen it. <laughs> really? I've just read all the Walt Disney comics and stories that they're based on. So. Um, that was one of those ones we let Justin watch anytime he wanted. Well, to watch sure, it, yeah. no, and I knew who they all were and yeah. everything. And it's we just, watched it. I just never, never watched it. I was in college. I missed a lot of cartoons for being in college. But anyway, so yeah, I know the theme song. The song's got clever lyrics. I mean, it's. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry. I knew it was going to be shameful. I knew it was going to be shameful to admit that. But I love the I love the concept and I love the chance to introduce my kids. To it, and it's going to be available on all the platforms. So yeah. Xbox, Wii, and uh, PS. It's going to be downloadable. You're not going to get a cartridge or a disc. It's going to be downloadable on the PSN. The what is the Microsoft one called? Xbox. Xbox. It's just the Xbox Network or oh, oh Xbox, Xbox Live. Live. Xbox Live. So it'll be yeah. Xbox Live and whatever Wii calls the Wii Store. So uh, the Wii Store. Yeah. So um, it's that's the, coming this summer, and I'm looking forward to that more than I am actually Disney Infinite. All of a sudden, you know, it's like I did not know that's the game I wanted, but that's really? the game I want. It's gonna be a lot less expensive. I'm getting both. Don't don't worry. I'm an idiot, but you know. <laughs> and as predicted, I'm buying in two platforms for Disney Infinite. Wow. Hey. Well, you only buy you only buy the starter kit for each yeah. platform. Yeah. So but that's 150 bucks right there. Yeah. So um, let me uh, since that we got excited, let me break your soul. Sci-Fi oh, uh, has announced they got a whole slate of new upcoming projects. They're gonna try to. Do like another great science fiction night because why not? That is in their title originally. Yeah, including they're going to adapt. <clears throat> ready? I'm ready. Ring World. Do you, Rick Brettschneider, feel that sci-fi, with their track record of hugely disappointing you with other worlds such as those of the River, River World, <laughs> and 
Flash Gordon. Mongo, World. shut up. Uh, <laughs> um, do you think that they will do justice to Ringworld? Yeah. I think that side will just Will they do it justice or will it soon be chided as Ringworm? The thing about it is Ringworld is so big. It's so immense. And almost every scene has got to remind you that you are on just... It's bigger than suns, you know. You're you're walking on a on a ring that is, yeah, is is millions of astronomical units in diameter. Uh, the the uh, my fear is it's all going to be shot in someone's backyard. You know, it's like it's like a forest somewhere, and the trees get in the way of seeing the horizon or whatever. And every now and then they'll do one one overused CG shot. Where they show the horizon, where you'd see the ring arching up away from you. Yes. Um, that said, God, if they only threw a little money at it, it wouldn't be that hard. Where I think, where I think they're going to fail is the essence of the story, mm-hmm. and that's where they usually fail on these because they try and turn <laughs> it into. It, they're trying to turn it into. In, it won't be Louis Wu who, and all his quirkiness and and the puppeteers. Well, and see, the, that's because Louis Wu is just simply too old to anchor a show on Sci-Fi. Louis Wu is young in the first. In the first. Um, no, he was old. Oh, I'm sorry. I read backwards. I realized that I because my my membership in the science fiction book club. Uh, I actually read Engineers World first. Engineers first. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you, you have this. this the speaker, uh, who is the Kazinti character, the, yeah. the cat warrior, um, that's where I think they're going to fall down because they'll drop the secondary characters. Yeah. They'll forget how important all that stuff is, all yeah. the strangeness and these people finding ways to get on. And Niven is a master in his storyline of putting people in imp- impossible situations and ha- finding them finding ways to make the situation work. However tenuous, however temporary. Well, then what you've just said is it might work because if he, if you're putting the property in an impossible situation yeah. to be a good series on sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't forget, they did do Battlestar Galactica, but they screwed that up too. So never mind they that. Did, they, yeah. uh, but meanwhile, over those taking repeats, Science, the Science Channel, is picking up Fringe now. So they've got Firefly and Fringe. They're actually turning into what... Sci-fi was intended it to be, be. actual they, place where you can go and watch great science fiction television. They picked shows. up reruns of Fringe, or they picked up because Fringe is done. So now they're going to be the secondary market for Fringe. There, there's always been left open for a Fringe movie, and uh, Fringe is done. I'm sorry, I don't mean to break your heart. Okay, Fringe is done. So, uh, 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 you know. Which does remind me, you posted that thing about Firefly, right. about the Jane Caps being shut down by... Well, gonna, I'm mad at by big Fox. studios. I'm I'm really pissed at Talk these... Talk about something big, petty. Big conglomerates. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a like few people, are, on, they're a going few people after, on Etsy.com are... They're going after people who knit. <laughs> and have found a way to make a living knitting. Say, Gee, damn it. If these knitters are not stopped, people are going to be able to knit themselves sweaters. Where's it going to end? scarves. Where's it going to end? Yeah. So what are they shutting down now? Okay, did you watch Firefly? I watched uh, Serenity. Okay, so you know Jane, who Jane is, the no, big of course not. Jane is Adam Baldwin, Adam Baldwin okay. character. So in one of the episodes of, of Serenity, he gets a gift oh, from Firefly. His, oh, no, the movie. Firefly, pardon me. One of the episodes of suing. Firefly, he gets a gift from his mom or so. aunt or something, and it turns out that this this crazy knitted cap. Okay, it's a it's a cap with a ball on top, and it's got a long 
ear covers that go down to little balls on Which the I end. Which I see a lot of youth, yeah, yeah, yeah. youth wearing. Yes. And, uh, no, but it's become very popular since then because it's so absurd. And it's it, and the joke in the story is that he likes it a lot and uh-huh. wears it all the time. And So now somehow they're stopping people from making those? Yes. They've sent those, cease and desist letters. Those to weren't a thing before Firefly? Like nobody ever had a but hat. But like I think that. what's Apparently happening is people, people like on Etsy are saying it's a Jane. It's hat. a Jane hat. Oh, They're calling it naming after the character. So you know what though? I bet you ninety percent of the people on Etsy calling it a Jane hat don't know why they're calling it a Jane hat. They just saw, oh, this is a Jane hat. Maybe it's possible. It is possible. But regardless, they got season desist letters That's because Fox, Fox thinks they're going to then put out a line of Jane hats. For because the show that they canceled. Yeah, and, and you, you know ago. that those fans would totally <laughs> like be going, you're right, I should give you more money, Fox. Yeah. Because uh, you're still making the show that I like so much. Oh, no, wait a minute, you're not. Um, I'm surprised they didn't go after brown coats. Uh, there's, that's, that's happening. <laughs> that's next on the list, Yeah, Rick. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, how about Doctor Who? Hmm? How about Doctor Who? Doctor mm-hmm. Who? I know. That, which they're now building up to, like he, the, the character said again. last week. Say it again. I forgot how much I like to. Oh, I never knew how much I liked hearing people say it. Uh, so, coming up, the 50th anniversary. David Tennant confirmed. Yes. yes. Billy Piper confirmed. Yes. Mr. McCaw being very excited confirmed. <laughs> there, there's not been. The, there's been speculation that they might actually get Eccleston, but they haven't. Eccleston has shot it down. There's, there's but you know what? He's so prickly. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I don't understand. Okay. Doctor Who's been around for 50 years. Yes. You're going to tell me that you played, I'm assuming this guy you're talking about played Doctor Who at some point? Christopher Eccleston. Okay. He did 13 he, episodes in the re, in the revival. Why would you not come back? What else is he doing? He's doing nothing. a lot of, he's doing no, other movies not, and nothing. stuff. Nothing. He's not doing anything. He was Destro in G.I. Joe. He was. So, in which G.I. Joe? The, the one where one. he was stuck in the <laughs> the liquid if, and wasn't in the movie at all? No, he Good was job. You're out of the band. <laughs> he was in the other one I hated, oh. as opposed to the one I didn't hate as much. Okay, well, still. I mean, grow up. Yeah. Get um, over yourself. How about that? Well, the thing is, you, you what you would not realize is, is you know, Doctor Who had been off the air for like 19 years. Yeah. We'll give or take the Fox movie if you include that in there. Right. And uh, they revived with Christopher Eccleston, and before they even shot, before they ever broadcast the first episode, he had already quit the series. He'd already said he was going to go in for 13, 13 episodes and be out. That that, that would be it. Uh, because he didn't want to get typecast, he didn't want to get logged in. So he was already, and no one knows for sure. I mean, the rumor has been that he was rather bitter that he had already written himself out of the series before it broadcast because he did not, nobody Realize. could have predicted how huge that revival was going to hit in England. Right. And now, I mean, it really is he finally, you know, it is huge here uh, in a way that it never was before. So um, That would be like Johnny Depp not coming back for the 21 Jump Street movie. But nobody expected that. I think John, I think Johnny Depp had a sense of humor about himself. Uh, yeah, exactly. that's true. I don't think and Christopher Johnny Depp Eccleston, is a way Chris, bigger star than this. I dork. don't think Christopher Eccleston has a sense of humor. About but him. I think that's just it. Depp is confident in his ability to to overcome get, get Twenty One Jump Street, get new uh, <laughs> roles. And Eccleston, I mean, he's 
has been in a lot of movies. He was in uh, Twenty One Weeks Later. Twenty Eight Weeks Later. He was in Twenty Eight. He was in Twenty Eight Days Later. He was in the days first. Later? He was in the first He's one. In the and first wasn't one? that basically that at the time that was a low budget movie, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, big, big he was in some guy. BBC John Lennon thing, and he was in Heroes. He was the Invisible Man in Heroes. Oh, yeah. that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good for him. So yeah. Good for him. Can't come back to the like, Doctor Who reunion. No. Whatever. No. He's like. Uh, Corey Spelling can't be on 90210. Right. Yeah. I mean, the other, the, the other doctors, I get it. I mean, you, there's no way to do, like, Tom Baker is white-haired. There's just no really great way to do it. The one thing I'd like to see happen, and... and it's I, tough because they did bring back um, Peter Davison. Yeah, there was a clever way in, in and, Time Crash. Yeah, yeah. But, but he had aged significantly. He gained or, weight. Yeah, so... He becomes stately like myself, and... Uh, but one thing that people have suggested, I don't think it's going to happen, but would be a really good idea is, you know, they're, they're doing a telefilm about the creation of the show. Yeah. And they hired the guy that played, uh, he was a villain on, on Dinosaurs on a Spaceship, but he was in, from the Harry Potter movies, Filch, the guy who played Arthur right, Filch. Right, right, right. And he looks enough like William Hartnell that if he, he's going to be playing William Hartnell at the beginning of the actual series, it would be really cool if he showed up in the 50th anniversary episode as the first Doctor. You know, if you're clever enough, you could find a reason for them to look slightly off or, you know, yeah. you always shoot them through some kind of diffuser or well, something. Just be honest, you know. I, you know, so, anyway, we'll see. Um, I like what's going on with the series season right now. We're more excited about the 50th anniversary. Yeah. And yes, as Nate may note, Karen Gillan, the previous companion... Uh, doing Zombial makeup commercials and therefore making me really rethink my stance against zombies because she's so great. Um, she's that dead nerdist, sexy is what she is. That Nerdist show is good. I, you know, I got I watched the first Nerdist of the season after the first 50th anniversary uh, after the first Doctor Who this season, and I didn't think it was. I all like that funny. Matt Myra. I don't like the other guy. Okay, Jonah. Jonas. I like Chris Hardwick. I think he's great. I like Chris Hardwick, but he actually felt like he was trying too hard. Yeah, I didn't in that like episode. the show. I love the podcast. Did you watch the second episode? I did not because I with didn't Kirkman? like the first. No. What's wrong with you? You give up for I the best episode, probably. I didn't like the first one. It doesn't matter. I know. Sci-fi taught me. Blame sci-fi. That if I'd given on up, sci-fi. It was on if I, no, I'm just saying, if I'd given up after the first episode of Flash Gordon, that's five hours you of my life I could have spent better. <laughs> uh, no, what you would actually do, you go out and buy that DVD set when it came out, and then you'd really be upset. Uh, so you watched the first episode of Nerdist. You yeah. saw, oh, look, Michael Rooker and Robert Kirkman are going to be on next week. I'm going to skip that one. Yes, I did say I did do that. But he's not been watching. I'm not the Walking Dead for that. You don't have to be. You don't like Robert Kirkman? He doesn't only do Walking Dead. I, 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 I will like say, I will say. Don't you, don't you like spread, Michael Rooker? Don't you spread that rumor that I don't like those guys. <laughs> Michael Rooker will... Punch my head, exactly. and I will pop no, 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 like no. a zit. Punch it right off. I will say that they did a bit that I thought was going to fall incredibly flat. But Rooker, the how much is this worth? No, bit? no, the Rooker reading of the Mad Lib. Oh, that was funny because they did this Mad Lib thing, and they were all the stars were kind of like half-heartedly throwing stuff out there. Yeah, and they so they read through it, and, they, and then then Hardwick said, "No, no, no, let's have the actor. Let's have Mister Rooker." read this Mad Lib. And so he got into character. He sat there for a couple of seconds just getting in character and he actually shook one of them off when they were telling him to get going. He was really, yeah, really good. He was good. He read it as Merle. He did. Well, Michael Rooker is a great actor. Merle. 
Yeah. Upset that he's not going to be upset. in Guardians of the Galaxy. But I did like right. the I did like Speaking the, of uh, that, the what could, could Zoe Saldana not be in a franchise now, please? Yeah, well, that's who, a little but just, for that character, that's pretty good casting. I'm sure other people could be it. I'm just saying she's in Star Trek. She's in Avatar. She's now getting... Avatar is not a franchise. Yes, Avatar it is. going to be two and three. No. Yeah. Nobody's going to watch those. And <laughs> Disney's <laughs> building an Avatar world in Dis- in Florida. No. So. Nobody goes to that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I'm going to close my eyes. Say that again, Lon. Nobody goes to Disney World, Florida. It's yeah. a Nate called denial. <laughs> Google it, people. All right. Uh, so you want to tell me about The Walking Dead? Were you, are you pleased... With the ending of it? The we, TV show? Yeah, we haven't had a chance to talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah, since. spoilers on. If you haven't watched it yet, get yeah, in those DVRs, time. people. It's enough time. I'm aware of what happened. It was, uh, yeah, it was good. It was a satisfying end to the season. They set up a lot of stuff for next season. Tyrese lives and is back with the group he's supposed to be with. And they got a whole bunch of new blood, or maybe kind of old blood. Yeah, that, I don't know how they're going to handle those Somebody was talking Those about people. it. It's the idea that the the survivors, the survivors of the um, what was the name of the town? Uh, Woodbury. Woodbury are now in the prison, but it's mostly kids and old people. And somebody yeah. was saying, you know, old people they tend to die in their sleep. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so they can lock uh, them yeah. in at night, perhaps leave Probably them. Probably a good idea. Yeah. And uh, well, and they did announce that David Morrissey is signed for a full fourth season as the governor. Yeah. So, yeah. going to be a regular. Long past the point where he would have actually been dead in the comics, the, right? Ha, I assume you. I don't know if you have. Have you seen the memes of uh, the Walking Dead memes on the interwebs these days? No. Which ones? The they don't know how to use guns memes. David Morrissey has the eye patch on his right eye, but he's constantly aiming his gun <laughs> using his patched eye. Holding nice. it up, looking through the scope with an eyeball that is covered. <laughs> and if it wasn't covered, it would be stabbed out anyway. Um, Perhaps it's not what you think. That's a good one. And then the other one is uh, he's got dead shot aim when he's shooting a living person. One bullet to the head kills somebody. But then when he's trying to... Or no, when he's shooting zombies... But when he's trying to shoot people, he sprays thousands of bullets and hits no one. Which is also... Well, because they're unpredictable people. Oh, right. Yeah, zombies just lurch. So we'll see. If you have any uh, memes you'd like to share... Uh, or get on those more theories, people. people. Write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. And of course, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher app, www.fanboyplanet.com. Uh, thank us at PayPal or Amazon. I'm happy either way. And uh, Ooh. So, what? You got one more thing? Go Two ahead. Two things, real quick. Go. I don't think. Do we talk about my brother's Kickstarter being fully funded and like 500% funded? No, no, no. 500%? That's Something awesome. like yeah. that. Like 460%. More I think he actually Mars. has to come by and do laundry at our house. He um, was at. Because uh, I really do laundry. He was at 23000 the day before it ended and ended at about 27000 so he hit his twenty five thousand stretch goal, which Excellent. is awesome. Yeah, excellent. He's so he's be doing I, I've, now the stretch goal was he's doing a, a fully kung fu movie voice acted reading of volume two, and if he reached the next goal, he was going to do volume. So that means it's like the kung fu where the lips don't match up with what he's saying. Yeah, well, the voice that he used in the promo, the video, promo video, which is "Hello, you are watching my video. It's about my kung fu book." You know, kind right. of weird pronunciation right. and 
straining voice like they do in kung fu movies. Number two, Indestructible Hulk. Number six, yes, with Walt Simonson. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was. So it was really. Quite I haven't good. read it yet. I'm really looking forward to it. So good. All right. I had a little trouble with the way he's drawn Banner, though. I couldn't pick him out of a crowd. Oh, I yeah, do. Well, Banner's so. important. Well, he had different part. armor on than everybody else. Yeah. Well. But yeah, it was good. And the end, the end shocker. Oh. Yeah, but we're not really sure I, where the hell yeah, they are. Yeah, it's an alternate, alternate reality, know. clearly. I don't know yet. Okay. You want to talk about other things, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. So, until next week and beyond, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. And I'm Nate Costa, smooth saxophone jazz coming at you. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to... Use your powers only for good. Saxophone music. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreat.com. Luke, L-U-K-E-S-K-I dot com.